don't build it, go test it out with a group of people. If it's a B2C product, go test it out with a group of people. If it's a B2B product, go talk to the companies you are planning to target, like, you know, and interview like 100 people, 100 companies. Actually, the same applies to when you are a B2C business as well interview 100 people talking and spending time talking to people and like you know capturing the pain points of your target audience is the key it is painful it'll take time it actually took us two months to finish our very like first user interview two months like full-time work but it's worth it my name is roya kachui and i am co-founder and ceo of volatify This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lapart, and today how Roya Kachui created a wonderful way to reach your purchasing goals by developing stellar savings and spending habits. All this and more on Code Story. Roya Kachui came to Canada nine years ago with the aim to pursue her master's in the U.S. When her funding fell through, she stayed in Canada and started working. When she was younger, her mother used to speak to her about making a difference in the world around her, and as such, she's always dreamed about being an entrepreneur. In 2017, Roya wanted to start saving for a house down payment. She discovered that it was really difficult to save up the money and started looking into apps that would help her. When the only thing she could find to really help was Excel, she decided to step out and to do something about it. This is the creation story of Walletify. So basically, Walletify is a save now, buy later application for Canadians and, North- and Americans. It's best suited for millennials and Gen Z. And our target and our mission and our vision is to help North Americans have an alternative option when it comes to basically have like purchasing a like pricey item. We believe that, yeah, sure, a lot of people could use credit cards to do those purchases. However, there should always be an alternative option for those who want to make sure that they can save up ahead of time and, you know, have the money in hands when they go shopping. Yeah, to that, Involutify is an automated software that leverages machine learning to predict people's future expenses and and also automates detecting their essential expenses to help them develop a strong insight into how they're spending their money and where their money goes to help them make room for goals around things they want to have in life. Because life is more than just like covering for your needs. It's like a big part of it is to indulge yourself with your wants And we want to empower people to do that without going through the pain of feeling they don't have enough money to shop for their wants. Let's dive into the MVP. So that first product you built, how long did it take to build and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? So when we started Volatify, it was just me and my co-founder, Rasmin. It was just the two of us. It was barely an idea. We got together with a friend and we started talking about, you know, the personal financial financial life of a North American could look like, how it could improve. And we all started like talking about our pains, what we've gone through and why we had complaints about, you know, the existing services and features and functionalities and apps out there back then. 
Um, and and we've realized that, you know, by the way, we all come from tech background. I should probably have mentioned that when I introduced myself. We would get together actually at a coffee shop talking about what the future of personal finance could look like, what could like, you know, simplify our lives, help us like, spend less time with our finances and less be less stressed about um, how to make sure that we can carry on with our lives without like, accumulating debt. Like in those discussions, we've talked about like so many things from automating some of the processes to tracking some of historical payments to like help ourselves and people like us develop some insights and understanding around seasonalities that would impact our budgets. Um, and you know, what it would take to actually develop a like, convenient life when it comes to finances in North America, a stable, convenient life. And that was when we started actually filling out an application for one of the like incubator programs here in Canada, which helped us form out our thoughts into a more structured business plan, basically. And that was actually the beginning of us, like, you know, thinking about what the MVP of such product could look like. We actually, I, I remember, you know, we like first put together a pitch deck and talked to a couple of incubators and also like potential investors. But we soon realized that we were like pretty early to talk to investors, especially because we were first time founders. We were coming from tech backgrounds. We actually were not typical founders who usually come from like business schools or financial schools in this specific industry where you have a very good understanding of the investment industry and like the business and like the, you know, what it takes to run a business and whatnot, at least theoretically. So for us, it was like we were two software engineers and what data scientists and we were like, oh, this is a great idea. We can build this product. And um, the first thing we did, we after, you know, realizing that uh, just pitching a high level idea is not going to get us anywhere was that we stuck with building a, like a like simple mobile application. Which eventually we realized that that was our mistake because we've learned it very, like the hard way that you probably don't want to like build your product. You probably want to test out your idea in the market before building it by doing it probably manually for some people first. But anyways, back then we started like building it. Um, but because we were like a very small team, it went very slow. We were just like a team of three and then eventually we actually like sized down to two people because our data scientist friend decided to take up on another opportunity and, you know, continue being an employee for another company. But then right around the time that, you know, we were like, okay, we are, you know, we've done our market research. We have understood that we have to start building something and we've gathered enough information as to around where to start and what to start with the pandemic hit. It actually worked us in our favor in the sense that we got to save time on, you know, commuting to our works because we were still working back then for other companies. And, you know, we spent more time at home. It was locked down. Everybody was at home. We had nothing else to do. So we actually very quickly developed this skill set of like working at like two full time jobs, one being our nine to five job where we make money and we are able to kind of self-fund our startup idea. And then the other job, full time job being our startup. So you've got your MVP, you, you, you launched it, it's working, you've got a small team that's, that's running. How have you progressed the product from that point? How have you matured it? And I'm curious about how you go about building your roadmap. How do you decide, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Walletify? Soon after we released the, the very first 
like version of the app in 2021, we became actually a member of an incubator program around the same time here in Toronto, which helped us a lot in understanding how to like where to go from there. We had, you know, different like resources who came from different industries and different like, you know, areas of a business who helped us understand what's the most important thing. They've helped us define our OKRs, define our KPIs, and we developed a very good understanding around customer feedback. And we've started incorporating that in our like basically everything, like designing the next feature, improving the existing features, define creating our strategic plans for the next quarters. The biggest component and like, or like the big, the biggest like, like key player in making sure that we are moving to the right direction, defining the right OKRs and like using and measuring the right KPIs and think away from the vanity KPIs and whatnot has been the customer feedback, the user feedback that we've received, which has been tremendous and invaluable. Let's switch to team. So how do you go about building your team? And I heard you, you know, talking about your co-founder and your interns in early days. And then I would I'd be curious about now, too, what do you look for in those people to indicate that they are the winning horses to join you? Because we were first-time founders, it was the, one of the like hardest things for us to do was to build the teams that we were not experts in, like marketing team, like financial team. For us, like taking care of the product is our strength. It's very easy for us to interview technical people. And because, you know, this is something we used to do in our other jobs. And we had never, we've never had a problem with it. However, coming to marketing, especially because our product is a B2C product, the marketing plays a very important role in growing the business. I remember back in the day, it was really tough for me to know what to ask and like used to like fruit spent a lot of time like reading articles about how to interview a marketing person and what you should look for and whatnot. And I, I reached out to a friend to help me with like the, the very first like market interview that I had with my first marketer. But, you know, as a CEO, you have to learn about every single department within your company. You have to become a like small version of an employee within each department and each team to be able to develop a good understanding that would help you grow your business. So I eventually like started becoming like a marketer and then a CFO to be able to actually like, you know, make sure that everything is in order and to be able to hire the right people and make sure that I make the transition and onboarding for them smooth. In terms of uh, like the team, and like expanding the team right now, we are eight people, including one intern who are like working within the team and uh, growing the business in different directions. When it comes to like interviewing, we take it very seriously to make sure that we like build a very good culture within the company. It is very important for us to make, to create a very like friendly environment where everybody feels like they're a part of a team, a part of a family. I was lucky enough to work for, you know, wonderful companies here in Canada and learn about the value of having a mature culture in a company and how it can actually like take, like make your team a 
high performing team. And I valued that from the day one within uh, like in Volatify. And my co-founder, the same, he has gone through like uh, different experiences and learned this lesson in like maybe slightly different way. But we both championed for building key values within the company and making sure that all team members are aware of those values and we make sure making sure that we are good examples of those values. The biggest win for us has been that our team, every single like, team member knows that they're not alone, which is very common case in a small team because you don't have so many people within the area of your work to turn into. They're not alone. They still can like, you know, turn around, ask somebody who is who might not even like know what they're talking about for robber docking or, you know, just ask them for help or getting them help. And and I think that has been like the biggest value within 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 Volatify. So let's flip the scalability then. So did you build this to scale efficiently from day one or have you been fighting this as you grow in any capacity? Oh, of course, I have been like fighting it and learning because uh, like, you know, the process of hiring somebody when you are an employee in a larger scale company is not a responsibility that falls on one person's lap. It's a responsibility that is divided, like, you know, that's just kind of like broken down between like a few different like roles within the company. But when it comes to a very small team, uh, you know, suddenly all of that responsibility follow, falls on your lap, especially because you are the CEO and you are actually like giving it the main, the big initial push. So for me, there has been like a lot of like lesson learns, like as to how to interview people, what kind of questions to ask to make sure that, you know, we are like hiring the person who is culturally and from the skill set point of view aligned with what we are looking for. Um, and also to make sure that we are also, you know, talking about and like advertising what our team is, what we are, like what our vision is, what our mission is, what kind of an environment an employee will like step into if they decide to join Volatify. So as you step out on the balcony and look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? I'll break that down into like two major, I think, areas. One being the product itself. We are big believers that what we're building is actually the right idea. This is the right time for people, especially now with the inflation, with like post-COVID life and everything, you know, everybody being finding themselves in a harder financial situation than ever. We believe that what we're building is what's going to help a lot of people have that peace of mind that, you know, they can they can carry on with their lives without accumulating debt. And having a solution in hand um, and an app in hand that helps them continue having plans, you know, enjoying the fact that they can like buy the things they want without having the stress and the concern that they're going to accumulate debt or they have to kind of like pay up, like pay some interests in order to like get what they want or what they wish to have. The second thing is definitely my team. I think I very much value the team that we've built me, my co-founder and my whole team have built together. Everybody has like played their role in making sure that our team is very friendly, very fun to be in, I guess, and very performant. I think I'm so lucky to be surrounded by these people every day. Okay, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. I have so many examples for you. 
<laughs> I think as a first-time founder, you make just so many mistakes. Some of them are not really like mistakes. They are just like the way you prefer to do things. And uh, what's important at the end of the day is how you actually make it work. I think one of the biggest mistakes I've made was that I committed to building Volatify. Maybe it's just like a pre-Volatify mistake, actually. I committed to building Volatify a little bit late because I had the idea like a year before. But because I was involved in another project, I just started this late. But I don't think if this counts as a mistake within, within this startup. But if I were to talk about a mistake with like since I started Volatify, I'd say not going after like like building proper financial forecasting in the sense that at what point your business starts generating revenue. We believe that, you know, we have to show some customer-based growth first before we should have, you know, kind of like thought about how to generate revenue from Volatify. And, you know, it was a like mistake that was, we recovered from really quickly right after we joined our first incubator program. But it was like, you know, now that I'm here sitting here and looking back, I can see how that could have been any typical tech founder mistake because when you're a tech in, like tech founder you don't know much about finances and it takes you a little bit of time to learn and to you know develop that vision and that perspective and we are really thankful that with the help of the incubator like advisors that we had we managed to actually sort that out really quickly and and have it in order and in check what does the future look like for the product and for your team? You're just beginning. We are at a very good point where we have a good number of customer base. We have our customers are like, you know, very satisfied with what they're receiving in terms of the features of functionalities and the value within the application. And from here, moving onwards for us, uh, there is a lot of feature developments around the feedback we're receiving from our users, as well as the potential functionalities we discovered throughout the way by, you know, talking to experts in the industry and whatnot. So for us, there is a lot more coming. We just finished building our like MVP in full, in its full version. And from now on, we are going to be adding a few major milestones around our product and around adding more convenience and more accessibility for our users. Okay, let's switch to you, Roy. Who, who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. Steve Jobs was one of the like people who inspired me the most when I was a teenager. Looking at somebody with such like level and scale of success and commitment made me believe that everybody could, you know, achieve what they want and what they desire if they put enough work and dedication and passion into it. In terms of people who know me, there are actually like a few advisors that I have been working with and I'm really thankful to have known them. And I can name like a couple, like Amon Nabi, he is basically, he's a venture capitalist who comes from being a founder himself. He has like developed an like, amazing understanding around what we're doing. And, you know, he comes from a fintech background. He has insight and understanding around fintech products. He also understands the VC world really well. And we are really grateful to, I am personally very grateful to have been mentored by him. Okay, we talked about a mistake earlier, but a little bit different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? 
you remember when I was like telling you that we just we like right after talking to VCs, we decided to build the product. I would actually go back to that point, and instead of building the product itself, I would start like testing it out in a very manual way. And I think this is like one of actually this is one of the like biggest learn lessons we've learned. We've spent, you know, again, you know, the nature of coming from a tech background is that whatever people talk about, you're like, oh yeah, that's easy, I'm gonna build it. But then, you know, you find yourself in a like big project because, yeah, sure, you could like build like version one really quickly, speed up something. But then, you know, that's not something that's presentable to an, a real customer out there. So what you need to do is to actually like go into like so many iterations and like clean up what you've built and make it presentable. And that's the most like time-consuming part. This is with the risk that you don't know whether or not this is going to work out. Basically, the ROI is really low because, you know, you're building something for a few months without, you know, getting any customer feedback. Whatever that gets you to the point where you could receive the very first customer feedback would be the best way forward. And if I were to go back, I would definitely, instead of like building a mobile application, the first version of our mobile application, I would choose to actually write a few hundred lines of codes to extract the same output. But instead of like showing it to the end user through an app, I would just like find group sample and I would run the code on their like banking information and provide information to them by email or even like on a piece of paper, you know, on an Excel sheet or whatnot, just to get some feedback and to understand whether or not it's valuable. This was one of the lessons that we've learned the hard way. We are, you know, lucky that it worked out, but we could have like, you know, be where we are at today, like way earlier. Royal, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? Don't build it. Go test it out with a group of people. If it's a B2C product, go test it out with a group of people. If it's a B2B product, go talk to the companies you are planning to target. Like, you know, and interview like 100 people, 100 companies. Actually, the same applies to when you are a B2C business as well. Interview 100 people talking and spending time talking to people and like, you know, capturing the pain points of your target audience is the key. It is painful. It'll take time. It actually took us two months to finish our very like first user interview, two months like full time work, but it's worth it. It'll give you the very clear understanding of where you're headed and whether or not also like, you know, helps you understand the things that you think are important, but they're not. And, you know, you have to put them aside. Don't care about them, even though you think they might make a difference. Just put them aside. So that would be my first advice. And the second advice that I have is that join an incubator program as soon as you can. The sooner you join, like get into the ecosystem, the faster you like build your network and you're in touch with people who have done this many times, who have worked for like larger scale companies in areas that you don't have experience with. And they can actually, they're there to share that experience and that knowledge and that understanding with you to help you speed things up. That's great advice. Royal, thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for telling the creation story of Walletify. Yeah, thank you for having me, Noah. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Labhart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. 
And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.